Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, and welcome to the Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis Show, aired every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Kat Cannabis is the international best-selling author of Surviving Cancerland, Intuitive Aspects of Healing, and host of Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod TV show. Together we will explore cutting-edge insights and philosophies in health, wealth, and relationships. Cat's guests will be ordinary people with extraordinary stories. Now here is your host, Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. Welcome to the Reality of Creation's Amazon bestseller campaign book launch party. We're so glad you're here with us today to be a part of this party. And uh, we have hit the bestsellers list, but after four, just four days out, the book has only been out four days, but we want to become a number one bestseller. And that's why we're partying with you today. We have all nine of the authors from the book here. They're going to be coming on, talking about their chapters and their wisdom, and they're going to be here to answer your questions. So if you're listening and you have a question, the, the number to call is 646-929-1546. Call in, ask your questions. We have our producer, Lori Boyle, standing by to take those questions and uh, bring you into the queue with us. We're so glad you're here, and we have with us today the um, the main author of the book, which is Jean Adrian. She's the one who put the whole book together, and she had the ideas. So welcome to the show, Jean. We're so glad you're here with us. Oh, Kat, I am just so excited. Can you feel the energy? It's like electric. <laughs> I can. We have Teresa Velarde in the background. She's going to pop on and off while we're partying and having a good time today. And she is working the Amazon bestseller list. And she's she's posting on Facebook. So go to the Realities of Creation Facebook page, the Telesummit page, and uh, watch the tweets, share the tweets, jump onto the tweets, answer the tweets. And we're just going to be partying for the next two hours. So, Jean, um, tell us about how you came up with the idea for this incredible book, and it really is incredible. Well, you know, it started just kind of as a pipe dream for me. I wanted to be able to support everybody that wanted to listen to it um, in creating everything that they desired in their life as easily and as peacefully and as harmoniously as possible. And um, so I decided to do the telesummit, the Realities of Creation telesummit, to try to get as much information from as many um, subject matter experts uh, about creation as I could find. And so I came up with nine lovely women, uh, of which you are one. And we organized two years ago the... um, the Realities of Creation Telesummit. And then out of that, that was such a popular thing. We did it again. 
And then we decided to write a book. Each of the authors, each of the nine authors, um, chipped in a chapter. And mm-hmm. quite frankly, we were just going to publish it as an ebook on Amazon. But a mainstream um, publishing house saw what we had done and thought, wow, this is really worth putting it into hardback. And they picked it up. And the rest is history. The book released May 1st. The ebook went out last week. And mm-hmm. we are headed rapidly towards number one bestseller on Amazon. And I am just so grateful to all the people who are taking part in the Telesummit and who are buying the book. And, Ted, I've got a special gift just from my heart today to mm-hmm. everyone who wants to go out and buy that book and then read it and write a review. And if you will send me the link to your review on Amazon, buy it on Amazon and write the review on Amazon. And if you'll send me the link to that to Jean at JeanAdrian.com, then I will gift you with a free month of my heart-centered support group that I do every Tuesday night with Lori Houston. Uh, And that's a $50 value just for getting our book, reading the book and writing a review. So you'll be well paid for um, for participating in getting us to Amazon number one bestseller. Oh, what a what a great what a great idea. And I mean most of the people who are gonna do that would have bought the book and read it anyhow, but now, you know, you, you the universe is rewarding you a second time <laughs> along with Gene. And with all the free gifts that you get by participating in the Telesummit, which if you mm-hmm. haven't done that, go to realitiesofcreation.com and sign up for our Telesummit. We're about halfway through the live sessions, um, but mm-hmm. all nine authors are uh, participating. It's every Monday and Thursday night until we're done, but it's all been recorded. So even though you might have missed the first few, you can still go back and listen to all these great presentations, and each one of those nine authors has a free gift for you. For example, my free gift is a, um, uh, it's a, a meditation, money breakthrough uh, uh, meditation to help you clear away your blocks around money. Oh, great one. You know, so many people do have have blocks with money. Um, I know that, that, that Lori Boyle, the, the producer today, she says, uh, you know, some people are just allergic to money. They just, they just can't seem to think that they're worth having that money. And we're here to tell you today you are, and Jean's gift is going to help you embrace that pentacle in you. If you look at the tarot cards, you've, you've got pentacles, and pentacles deal with finances, money, the earth plane, and your health. Because, you know, Jean, when you don't have enough financial backing to live comfortably and in a healthy way, you become ill. So, you know, on the earth plane, we need money. It's very difficult to live down here without money. And so that is a very important gift. Yeah, you know, as much as we don't always like to admit that, um, it is, it's the currency that supports us, but it's just energy. That's right. That's absolutely right. So tell us a little bit about your chapter in the book about the soul DNA, Gene. Well, my chapter has to do with um, how our DNA supports us. In, um, in creating everything that we want in our life. You know, 
Mm-hmm. Your DNA's got a soul just like you do uh, because this mm-hmm. is a holographic universe, so it has to be that way. And so if you call out to all those strands of DNA in your body and enlisting your, you enlist your DNA in helping you to get what you want, your DNA is happy to help, but you've got to ask. You know, nothing in this reality, you know, works against your free will. So it's all about asking for what you want. And if you just, you know, with your intention and your attention, you call out to your DNA and you say, DNA, please help me in getting what I want. Align with me in creating everything I desire in my life. And it will mm. That's right. You know, it's the law of permission. Uh, that's what I call it. And and this law of permission is so important, Jean, because without permission, nothing is allowed to really come to us. We have to ask for it. We have to be versed enough in what it is that we want to be able to voice a request. I really think that that's what it is. The universe is always listening, but it's sort of like we're children playing in the universe. And as soon as we become advanced enough to ask a question such as, what is multiplication? Then the universe teaches us. Until we get get to the point where we can ask that question, it won't. So, um, you know, I think that, that, that your your explanation also is just incredible. Now, don't you also have a gift that goes with this, or is it a combination of the gifts that you've already talked about? It's a combination of the gifts that, that I've already talked about. So the gift that, um, that goes with the Telesummit is the Interspeak Money Breakthrough um, mm-hmm. webinar. Uh, so, yeah. Great. So, um, you know, give us an example of of what people can expect in your chapter. You've got about uh, one minute left <laughs> because okay. this uh, this so, tell is going to go fast today. Exactly. So, in my chapter, there's a lot of information about how to use your DNA to create, but there are also ten of my reconnecting soul DNA glyphs in my chapter Mm. so that you can activate 10 latent strands of DNA by using the energy from the pictures in my chapter. Cool. And it is an incredible chapter. And if you want to see Jean, go on to Realities of Creation uh, Facebook page because I interviewed her on my uh, Skype show so that you can actually see her, which is New Earth International. And she talks about her chapter and the DNA, and you get to see the excitement in her face. I mean, her eyes are just shining and her face is just popping. So, you know, go and check it out and and learn a, a little bit more about our soul DNA on the Reality of Creation Facebook page. So, Jean, you know, um, uh, in my chapter is all about dreams. So it kind of goes in with your DNA in that we can dream and create our reality. Our dreams do come true, and I talk about in the chapter about how um, we're dreaming during the age of Aquarius. And I know that people have said, what, age of Aquarius? That was back in the 80s. But the truth of the matter is we will be living through the whole time of age of Aquarius. Age of Aquarius will continue even after we're dead because it's a 25,000-year cycle. And during this age of Aquarius, 
our dreams are so strong, <coughs> excuse me, we can actually manifest what we want in life. And in my case, my dreams actually told me that I had breast cancer when my doctors were telling me I was healthy and to go home. So if those dreams had not come into my life to help me, we wouldn't be on this telesummit right now. We really wouldn't, Jean. Right. I would be I, I would not be here with you. I believe I would be dead because those dreams came through three times and the second time I was had a huge tumor that the doctors missed. It was recurrence and it was nine by eleven centimeters. So wow. that's what I talk about in my book and we can all do this, Jean. I mean it's in our soul's DNA to be able to have dreams that come true because they are our sacred doorways to heaven. And we came through those doorways when we became a soul with a body on the earth plane. And when we go back to sleep, we can pass through those doors into that sacred space where our spirit guides and our guardian angels can come in and give us information. And that makes a big difference in our lives. Oh, yeah. So my gift for those who are listening is a free ebook download. And it's about the masks behind our life. And in it, you're going to learn how to figure out what your sacred number is for this lifetime what your tarot card is for this lifetime. And it's going to tell you a lot about yourself. So I hope that you will go and and download um, my free gift to you for ordering the realities of creation. And remember, you can also order on Amazon, you can order the ebook as well for your e-readers. But you know what's great about holding a, a book in your hand? I don't know about Eugene, but I love the smell of a book. Oh, yeah. You know, there's nothing quite like holding it in your hand. It's got energy to itself. It's like it's its own little life. So um, my chapter is on dreams, dreaming during the age of Aquarius and how we have been doing that since the beginning of time, the Egyptians and the ancient Greeks. Uh, used to have people come into their temples and lie on the floor with the priests and sleep on the floor hoping that their spirit guides will come into their dreams and answer their questions about their health, their wealth, and their relationships. So we've been doing this since the beginning of time. And it's only lately that we've suddenly started to say, you know what, dreams are for children. We're only going to believe in what we can see, feel, and touch. And I'm telling you right now, with my chapter, I can show you how you have the ability to connect with your inner guidance, your spirit guides, your guardian angels, for a better life in health, wealth, and relationships. So, Jean, um, I think we are getting some more of our callers in. So is there anything else that that you wanted to kind of add to this? I just want to express gratitude to everybody out there who's listening today and everyone who goes and buys a copy of our book and writes a review. Oh, yes, absolutely. And reviews are, are so helpful for us. And like, like, like uh, Jean and I said earlier, you know, we're, we're going for the gold. We're going for number one because this book is worth it. 
It's worth it to be out there, to be held up by people and say, saying, you know, this is an Amazon number one bestseller because it is. It really is. So I believe we have Lori Houston on the line now. We're going to bring her in, and she's going to be talking about the power of the heart. So hold on while I bring in Lori. Hello, Lori. Hi, Lori. Hi, <laughs> Lori. Hi, Kat. Jean and I are here. We're so glad you're you're on the Tele Summit with us today. And we were just talking about how incredible our authors are. So you're going to be telling our listeners about the power of the heart, right? Yeah. But how awesome is it that there are nine amazing women all sharing different different gifts on how to create your reality. I mean, we are, you know, we're this amazing group of women who all have unique gifts, just like everybody has their own unique gift, their own way to find this, to find out who they are and their truth and to be the best they can be. And we offer nine different ways for people to, you know, to come into their own, to become you know, who they're meant to be and to create from that space. I mean, how awesome is that? Oh, it really, really is. And, um, you know, uh, when you bring nine women together who are powerful heal healers, the way these nine women are in this book, something magical happens. Don't absolutely. you agree, Jean? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yep, no, we're creating magic for sure. Yes, we we are. So tell us about your chapter, okay. and tell us what what was your the nexus for bringing this idea and and, and out into the world and putting it on paper. Okay, perfect. Okay, so my chapter is the power of the heart, and it goes from the practical to the magical, and you know it takes a lot of scientific background to, to really um, boost and support um, the material that I'm giving. So heart math, if, if you know or don't know about heart math, it has some amazing tools. It's done all the research along with um, two fellows from Australia. Uh, Grant Susalu is the one that did the um, research, and I became a teacher um, and a coach through their M-braining, which is called multiple braining. And prior to meeting both Grant, um, and now I'm stuck on the other name, but um, prior to meeting the M-braining team, I, I had always kind of lived from a space of the heart. And the heart has always been important to me. I have probably, you know, my whole life has been around um, learning ways to unblock the heart because I kind of had, I was abandoned. I was put up for an adoption. Um, I went to a foster home and then at five and a half months, I was finally adopted. And then at 13 years, the person that I connected with the most, which was my father, um, he passed away. So abandonment has kind of been a theme, which led to a lot of work around the heart. <laughs> and yeah. we're still doing work, right, Jean? <laughs> we, oh. we did some work around it just 
just on just last night actually. Um, yeah, we do it every Tuesday heart- at eight o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was kind of specific on this. But yeah, it was. You know, it's just it's one of those things that has been the mm, the guide that's kind of pushed me towards the direction I wanted to go, and. Uh, people who know me, you know, know I have an open heart, but it's it's interesting because we block it in so many different ways. So, I mean, the very practical part about my chapter, so it really is kind of divided into two areas. It talks about the science around the heart. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, our mind, if we have three brains, our mind is definitely the largest. It, it includes 100 billion neurons. Our gut brain, which is, you know, is our whole digestive system, has 500 million neurons, and it's the same size as a cat and a dog's brain. And our heart mm. is the smallest. It, it only has between 30,000 to 120,000 neurons, but it's still considered a brain. And we start off with 120,000. It could even be 120 to 150,000. But as we age, because of all the pain that we go through, because of all the ways we block and because our gut is so much of a protector and kind of the general when it comes to our health and, you know, when we get that gut intuition to protect ourselves, you know, we kind of put up this wall around our heart. And that is, that's why our neurons go from, you know, a healthy 120 down to a only 30,000. But the thing with the heart is, is how powerful it is electromagnetically. So when we think about, when we think about creation, it's that magnetic pull, but the electric magnetic, so the electrical, um, our heart is a hundred thousand times stronger electrically than our, than our mind. And 5,000 times stronger magnetically. So when you think about, creation you want to you want to use that electromagnetic field that our heart that our heart offers to the world to bring in all of the things that we want and when i think about my heart i don't i try and get people to think to stop thinking so much outside of ourselves because we're always seeking things outside i want us to bring ourselves inside and when we go into our heart our heart's all about emotions. It's all about, you know, the desires and the experiences that we want. So our heart, you know, our heart doesn't care about how much money's in the bank or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, whether we have the fastest car. That's our <clears throat> ego. That's you know, those are the things outside ourselves that we're looking for. But our heart wants us to be happy. Our heart mm-hmm. wants us to experience joy and love. And our heart to me, is where we house our soul, our our divine, our divine spirit, our um, our divine spark, and and they've even proven that when they've weighed somebody, you know, prior to death and just after, it's there's a few ounces that go, and and they believe that that is actually the soul leaving the body. But it's really fascinating. So. I love the practical aspect and I, you know, I owe it all to HeartMath for doing so much research in that area and to Grant for putting it all together in in a program that is really magnificent. And then I look at the magical aspects and the magical 
aspects to the heart or, you know, getting that gentle guidance of our intuition. So when you talk about the dreams, Kat, it's all coming mm-hmm. from the same place. Mm-hmm. We just we just all have this unique way to receive. You receive through the dreams and we can, well, we all receive through the dreams, whether we whether we want to dive into them because they're so bizarre sometimes. <laughs> In your case they're great. But sometimes our dreams are like, What? Yeah, Jean has some wing like, dingers too. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. So Lori, tell us Lori, tell us what your gift is that, that the listeners will receive uh on this telesummit. What is your gift for your the book? I have a, a guided meditation from Kuan Yin and mm-hmm. Jean and I both have offered that um when anybody um signs up and does a review on Amazon, so buys a book, but does a review on Amazon, they all get to um, to be part of our heart-centered support group, which is four calls. I think she's already talked about it, but four calls that uh, um, in a month that will uh, just really brings that added, added support that we all need. Like, there's such changing times that we're going through. There's so much being, mm-hmm. there's so much happening around that it's just this you know, it's nice to feel like you're part of a team. It's nice to feel that you have family there backing you up and supporting you. So that's why Jean and I created the Heart Center Support Group. And Great. Uh, we yeah. actually have a caller on the line with a question. Ooh. So um, shall I bring him on and have him ask our question, his Absolutely. question, and then we'll all take a stab at it? Sure. Okay, hold on. Hello, uh, Russ? Yes. yes. Hi, Hi, Russ. Welcome you? to the the book launch for Realities of Creation. Thank you so much for calling in. Do you have a question? Uh, you know I do. I'm struggling with one right now. Is what do nightmares mean? Oh, <laughs> that's a great <laughs> one. So, um, you know Should what? I'm going to let. Uh, yeah, I. I always believe that that nightmares are a gift from God. It's a call to action that you can't forget, and it usually has something really, really important in it that you've gotten in other dreams and you you weren't able to remember. So now all of a sudden your spirit guides or your guardian angels are going, oh, we're going to give him a wing dinger that he can't forget, and they give you a nightmare. And sometimes a nightmare is just a way to release something because our dreams are a microcosm of our daily life. So if you're watching zombies before you go to bed at night and then you start dreaming about scary zombies, it could be that that's part of the microcosm of your daily life. Jean, what what is your take on on uh nightmares? Jean Oops, did we lose Jean? I was trying to get myself off of mute. Um, and I was struggling there. That was a nightmare, Russ. <laughs> so, uh, in my opinion, nightmares a lot of times are the way your inner self is processing the things you're afraid of. They're not mm, necessarily like always, um, they're not necessarily pre- precognitive. Um, and they might not necessarily, um, you know, be anything other than just the symbolism and the metaphor to help you chew up and swallow 
the stuff that you're afraid of, and at, at the conscious level, you can't deal with it. Does that make sense? Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. I love that. And, Lori, what is your heart telling yeah. you <laughs> about nightmares? <laughs> I totally agree with what Jean said. I mean, I agree with what both of you said, that it's it's usually something very symbolic that's, that is a fear within you. And if you can... If you can look, Russ, at the dream in specific and write down as many details as you can and then go into the feelings that you had, like what were the actual feelings? Were they terror or did it start with anger? Like look at what the feelings actually were and then relate it back to yourself as to different times these emotions have come up. And it will give you great insight into, you know, what it is that you're really afraid to look at right now. So different things about your fears, or just releasing. I mean, I've had a lot of apocalyptic-type dreams. I haven't had them in a while because there's apparently been a huge shift, and that's not going to happen. But it used to be, you know, something that would come up quite frequently, which was more precognitive because it was something that was probably going to happen. I wouldn't necessarily be afraid in the dream. I was always working really, really hard to... Um, to save other people. So that was usually how it would come to me. So it really depends on what your feelings were within the dream as to what it's reflecting back to you. But it's usually, it's usually a subconscious fear Mm. that you're being helped and guided towards releasing, letting go of and moving forward. So, you know what? Uh, We have, Leslie Anderson is, is Amerson is is hanging on the line. She's a little early, but she deals with emotional mastery, and I think nightmares mm-hmm. are extremely emotional. So I'm going to see if she'll mm-hmm. come on and talk to us about uh, your question about nightmares as well. And uh, Russ, and uh, then we'll yep. we'll just go right into her. So hold on, and let me see if I can bring Leslie on. Leslie, are you I'm there? Hi, Hi, Leslie. We just had a wonderful question from a a caller, and I know that you deal with emotional mastery, and we're bringing you in a little early, but do you think you can take a stab at his question about nightmares? Um, In my opinion and my experience, when you're having nightmares, it's sometimes triggered by unresolved emotional issues. It's those emotions you don't want to look at. And so they stay in that little shadow aspect. And if you really won't deal with them, they'll pop in at night. Um, You know, there's Mm -hmm. ways that you can deal with it. But that's been my experience with what what creates nightmares from an emotional perspective. Great answer. So, so Russ, does that kind of answer all your questions? Don't go away, Leslie, because we're just going to keep you on and pop right into yours at the bottom of the hour. But did did that kind of answer your question, Russ? Uh, give me a whole lot of uh, different ways to look at the same same situation and, and <laughs> everything made sense. But what I find Great. is that when I'm having nightmares, it's you, and I, I'm dreaming about a monster that usually turns out that I'm the monster. Oh. When I go back and look at, and it's it's you know, and I just I, you know dealing with the emotional stuff, what I'm not dealing with. It all ties together, and mm-hmm. I got to look at it. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that's part you of, my call. Yeah, that's part of the reality of your creation. Maybe you just need to embrace your little inner monster 
and it will turn into an <laughs> angel. So thank you so much for calling us, Russ, and I'm going to put you, you on listen. You can listen all you want, and uh, we're going to continue with our book launch radio show uh, for Realities of Creation. We are going to the top of the Amazon bestseller list. And we have with us now on the line is Leslie Emerson, and she's going to be talking about emotional mastery. So welcome, Leslie. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. <clears throat> so, Jean, so is there anything that you want to ask Leslie before she, she starts telling us about her chapter? No, I just want to thank her for all of the hard work she's done. Leslie's the technical genius behind mm-hmm. the webinar and the website. So thank you so much, Leslie, because without you, we wouldn't be doing this either. <laughs> well, thank you. I enjoy doing it. I'm so honored and thrilled to be a part of this. Great. So, Leslie, tell us how you what, – when, when you were – contacted by Jean and she said we're going to do this this telesummit on uh on the realities of creation um how did you come up with the idea for your topic i have been playing around with emotions for quite a while just when you try to figure out like what are they and how do they drive us and how do they play um it is just a natural fit because when you can understand your emotions and then you can start to master them, then you can be free from the things that hold you back, whether it's fear or anger or guilt or self-worth issues. It really doesn't matter that they're emotional. And when you can understand how emotions are not just one thing. I mean, you have emotions, you have feelings, but they overlay and impact your physical body and your mental body because you will respond to any situation all three ways. Um, Emotions are tricky, they're slippery, they're messy, which makes them fun Mm. in some aspects. Um, But they're just a major, major part of who you are. And they're that creative element that helps you actually bring into physical manifestation the things that you want and desire. Because you can want something, but if there's no emotion behind it, it doesn't manifest. It's that emotion Mm -hmm. behind it that actually gives the trigger and brings it into being, Mm -hmm. which is kind of (laughs) cool. So it is, you know, you and it's that emotion that we were talking about with dreams. You know, they those emotions mm-hmm. are not just in our waking world; they're also in our sleeping world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you ignore them long enough during the day, and they need to be processed and integrated, they're going to find a way to come out. When they try to get your attention, they're going to do it. You can deal with them in the daytime consciously, or at nighttime in your dream state. Um, but they are mm. trying to get your attention and help you understand something. It's, it's that reconciliation of your outer experience and your inner belief. Mm-hmm. So, so what? Um, tell us what your gift is that you're you're offering for any of our listeners who order the Realities of Creation book today. I have a I call it my breath meditation. Um, I'm I tend to run and burn my candle both ends and twice in the middle. So <laughs> there are times that I need, to, <laughs> I need to be able to meditate, and I don't always have the luxury of 20 minutes of just sitting still. So this is how to get centered, balanced, and grounded in four breaths. And you can do it at any time in any place. I mean, a lot of times I do it while I'm driving. I do it any time that I'm under stress, any time. But it's, 
it's a technique of just in very four breaths, very fast, get yourself back to where you're calm and it's almost a meditative state. It helps me slow down so that I can look at what's going on. So it's a technique that I use. Um, I've been using it for so long. My body is so trained to breathe that way that mm-hmm. I don't always notice what, what, what's stressing me. I notice how I'm breathing. And then I can stop and say, you're, you're doing that breath you do. What's going on that's making you do that? Um, mm. And it's just so powerful. I wanted to share that with everyone. <clears throat> that is powerful. So, Jean, is there anything that you want to ask Leslie? You know, um, Leslie, you have grown and you've come so far in the amount of time that I've known you. Uh, and I truly believe that that has a lot to do with actually mastering your emotions. Can you share with the listeners just a little bit of your story um, of how you, you know, you, you were in the corporate world for many, many years, and now you're actually out in the healing world? I am. I Oh, how do I say this? I was in the military for almost four years. Then I went to IBM. So I was very corporate, very conservative, very um, techie. And then I had now to, you're to really deal with, with some of, of this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then it's like I knew that I had some of these gifts, and I had to reconcile how I felt about that because for me to step into the metaphysical world was a huge thing because I literally came in kicking and screaming. Um, But when I acknowledged my gifts and when I stopped trying to play small, spirit gave me a wonderful healing modality that I've been using now for about four, four and a half years. And it's just growing leaps and bounds. And a lot of what I do there is working on the emotional level. So I help people clear out some of those emotions and get it to where they can see them and then help them make friends with their shadow side, shadow emotions so that you can incorporate that. And then the nightmares aren't so scary because <laughs> you've mm-hmm. made them your friend. Yeah. So. I love that. What a, you know, that is just such a positive way to look at everything. So um, those of you listening right now, if you go to the Realities of Creation Facebook page, Teresa Velarde will be on there, and she's going to be updating what's happening on the Amazon bestseller list. And she's going to be posting on that page, and you can share it onto your pages to be a part of this party to to get realities of creation to the number one spot on the Amazon bestsellers list. And that's what we're going for. This is a number one book. So, Leslie, um, is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with? Uh, you've got like one minute um, that might be helpful. Life should be fun. Life should be fun. <laughs> I love that. Have, have fun with it. And, and when you feel stressed or angry or any of those negative emotions come up, find a way to find something to laugh about because laughter is what will break that energetic hold on you and shift that emotion to where you can come back to something that makes sense. My favorite mm. thing to laugh, I love the minions because they, mm-hmm. they're an instant thing that just crack me up and so I can recall them very quickly. So it doesn't have to be the minions. Just find something that you know you can laugh at when life gets to be too tense. Great. Love it. 
So, again, uh, if you look at the Cat Cannabis Show on Facebook, you will get to see Leslie Emerson's interview. You'll get to see her face. You'll get to see what she looks like when she's talking uh, with the interviews that I'm doing for the reality of creation. We're doing another launch there. We're just uh, we're, we're sending all this information out all over the world. So thank you so much for being with us, Leslie. We're going to be bringing Julia on next and she's going to be talking about true self which is in line with everything else we've been talking about too bad we don't still have russ on here so let me bring julie on julia welcome to the show thank you kat i'm so happy to be here with you and jean it's amazing to me how well everybody's material overlaps and comes together it does isn't it just sewing together beautifully (laughs) <laughs> yes, I mean, we couldn't even have planned it, and I don't think anyone saw what anyone else was writing until we were done. That's oh, right. I know. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. So, Julia, tell us about uh, about what you wrote about for True Self, your chapter. Okay. First of all, I'm going to say that everyone has this inner presence called the True Self. When you're changing your DNA, when you're living in your heart, when you're changing your emotions, when you're dreaming things that change the way that feel about that, that change the direction of your life or give you truth or wisdom or knowledge or knowledge of the future, that means that you're connected with your inner self. Um, I was born quite intuitively. I always knew or often knew what was going to happen, what people were really thinking. I could wish things for people and they would come true. Well, here was the really confusing part. Half the time, if I had created what they wished for, They didn't like it. So I worked in art, and I worked out in the world, and I really enjoyed it, but it was like there was always a missing piece. And when I met a wolf, a real wolf, it actually talked to me, and I spent about two years with them all the time, and this went on for a long time, about a decade, and I lived with several wolves, and they explained to me that when wishes are real, when desires are real, It's because we hold images and feelings that align us with our true self. An animal like a wolf is always in alignment with its true self. So it knows almost everything that's going on on a much higher level than we do because we're not that tapped in. But in the beginning, I didn't have the word for that. I was like, what is that part of me that can make all these incredible things happen? And what is this helpless part of me that wants to sit in a corner and feel sorry for myself or get angry? And it just hit me, your true self, and Socrates wrote about it, is the part of you that knows how to put these things together and to make them work. And all of us are really writing about different aspects of the true self and how to access them. And because it comes through the way we're colored in life, our individual personalities, it gives you a huge, broad span of how to access that. Wow, Jean, you know, it's amazing how animals don't care what you look like, uh, who you are, how much money you have, they see right through to your true self every time, whether it's a tiny little hummingbird, a giant elephant, or a wolf. Yeah, you know, and for some people, that level of unconditional love that you get from an animal um, is, is the only exposure, unfortunately, that they ever have. Unconditional love. Mhm, mhm. So, Julia, tell us what your what, what gift are you offering uh, to our listeners today? 
It's a series of 10 meditations. They're about between five and eight minutes. They go on for 10 days. You can sign up for that, and they come in in your email, and they give you a way of feeling into your inner self. This was a difference between working with wolves and people who are highly evolved, like the people that we're talking about with the book. They really sensed your inner self and your ability and your ability to create. And this starts as the most wonderful feeling. Because when you're attuned with your inner self, you're still, you're quiet, you're peaceful, there's a feeling of joy. But most of all, you perceive how good you are. And from that point of goodness and inner knowing, you can create a great deal. So within that series... There are exercises for feeling stillness, working with emotion, creating a different future, receiving assistance and support from the universe. And I think these things come in sometimes in a mysterious way, but if we ask for them, they come. Mm-hmm. That That is amazing. Um, so for those of you who are just tuning in, We are doing the Realities of Creation book launch to take us to the number one Amazon bestseller list. Uh, And we are well on our way. We were at number nine yesterday, and we're still growing. So go to the Facebook page, the Realities of Creation, where Teresa Velarde is posting like crazy um, and and watching the Amazon numbers, which change it t- it changes every couple hours, but you never know when that two hour spot is. So she's keeping her eye on it and posting there. So please take the postings off of the Reality of Creations page and put it onto your page and join in the party. So Julia, what is um, an idea that you would love to leave our listeners with? We are all very powerful creators from the eyes of nature and the eyes of the universe. We're always creating, but not very consciously, and not from our inner self. So you can take a moment to step into that stillness and listen to the meditations or to read the book, and then you move into, what do I want to create from this point? And you visualize it very, very clearly, and you feel it with your heart. It will resonate With your heart, it will give you a feeling of love and happiness and joy or peace to feel that. And that's how we understand what is the right thing for us to manifest or create and what is in alignment with us. Let's say right now we can change ourselves and create a thousand different things, but maybe only ten of those are in alignment with us. So that saves a lot of time. It happens much more quickly, and it happens in a much more satisfying way. Mm, Great idea. Jean, do you have anything uh, that you want to ask Julia? Well, Julia, you know, I met one of your wolves, and I realized how profound that animal communication capability can be um, because she let me hear her. What kind of information are the wolves giving us about what's going on in the world today? They see nature as shifting up to a higher frequency and taking us along with it. And they also see that we're moving into a pivotal point of really being able to step into our role of creator. Um, A very powerful way of doing that, for those of you who want to do it now, would be to see yourself right now in a life that really brings you joy and happiness and to release struggle 
they feel like that's our next level is releasing struggle. Cool. Wow. Yeah. And, and I've I've got did, I did want to mm-hmm. go, ahead. go ahead. I just wanted I've to gotten... know. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. You want to you know. So strong here. I I just want to know what 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 happened to even have you uh connect with wolves and live with wolves. What do you mean you lived with them? Did you they lived in my house with me and my children, just like a member of the family, and slept with us. And we fixed them a plate for every, for dinner every night. It was on the floor, but they shared dinner with us, and we did everything with them. It, just were like they another full grown of the when family. you got them, or were they puppies? They, these were full grown. A puppy would probably have chewed my house apart, so I had to get them, <laughs> you know, at a year or older. But because they have like a thousand pound jaw pressure, so you don't want a puppy chewing your antiques. But um. So anyway, the way that the thing started with the wolves is that I woke up and I had a vision of a white wolf. I was by myself. I heard it howling. I was terrified. And then it happened again that night. After much effort, I woke up my husband and asked him if he heard it. And he said, oh, my God, that's terrifying. I'm going back to sleep. So then on the next full moon, about two weeks away, these people had wolves, and they wanted me to come see them. And, of course, I'm like, I'm terrified of wolves. I'm never going to go. And he's like, well, couldn't you sit in the car and look at them? I said, sure. So when I saw them, it was like I was so magnetized to them. I was begging this guy to let me in the pen with the wild wolves. And when I did, they just came and rolled at my feet like they adored me, and I fell in love with them. So that's Mm. like one of those odd things where the universe moves you. And then Mm. I started hearing them within about 12 hours, and then in (laughs) Two years, I could see people's auras. I could hear all animals, and everything changed. You know, it was like a giant mm-hmm. awakening. Oh my gosh! Well, I have seen a wolf in there, and they are huge. I had one walk through my backyard in Cape Cod, and it was the first time wolves had been back on Cape Cod in two hundred years, and it was beautiful. And I remember turning to my husband and saying, "Who in the world would let a dog that big walk around mm-hmm. without a leash?" And he said, "That was a wolf." <laughs> it came. It so came to help you heal. I it it maybe it did it just stopped on my stone wall I I have a very very old piece of property on Cape Cod one of the oldest and we have a stone wall all the way around it that the farmers uh built when they pulled the stones out of the ground because it was farm area and he was just walking along that stone wall and he stopped and looked at us and this just went on his his little merry way and and I felt very blessed by that. So Julia, thank you so much for being here with us today. And uh for those of you who are listening, it's Julia Griffin and her chapter in the book is about true self. So make sure you go and get the Realities of Creation book and read all about Julia, her wolves and true self. So Let thank you Julia for you, being with us. Some people can get into and to your realities mm-hmm. of creation on Facebook, how can they access it? Mm, Jean? I it's the realities you. of creation tele-summit. Okay. I, there's not a standard right. page, I, Facebook page. It's an event page. Thank you. Bye-bye. So just type that in the top in the search bar, and it should come up, because I did get into there uh, just before the tele-summit. So um, thank you Leslie, for being with us, and I'm going to bring on Suzanne Streisauer right now, who is going to be talking about a very important thing to all of us, our life purpose. Why are we here? We didn't just happen. Even if our parents told us we just happened in the backseat of that Ford, we happened on purpose. 
And Suzanne's going to be here to talk to us about that. Welcome to the show, Suzanne. Hey, Kat. Good to be with you. Yeah, great to talk to you again. So um, you're all about life purpose in the realities of creation. So tell us what made you decide to write a chapter about life purpose. Well, I think that life purpose is kind of what um, helps people determine whether they're happy or not and, and how they fulfill their lives. And just like what Julia was talking about with the wolves, um, and finding a purpose and find it gives a much deeper sense of richness. So as a coach, you know, people want to, you know, have lives that they feel fulfilled in. And so where do you start with fulfillment? How do you find fulfillment for yourself? What does that mean? And so it's about purpose. And um, people can have as much money in the world as they want, but if they don't feel fulfilled, um, it doesn't really help. And then how do you be fulfilled? What makes you fulfilled? And um, at the end of the day, it's about purpose. And then that purpose mm-hmm. then helps you to figure out what you want to do with your life so that you can indeed be fulfilled and is a kind of a guiding force for you in that life. Amazing. So, um, Jean, uh, is there anything you'd like to ask Suzanne about life purpose? Well, Suzanne, how did you figure out your life purpose? It has come in many different ways, Jean. A million years ago, I went to a hypnotherapist because I did want to know my life purpose. And um, I actually, in a hypnotherapy session, went and sat before the Council of Twelve and um, met a whole bunch of guides in that adventure and also watched them handing out people's life purposes to this whole bunch of people in this room. And uh, so anyway, so in that process, I found my life purpose, but that was kind of big, kind of esoteric. And then, you know, over the years, you know, doing other kinds of, you know, like career stuff and this and that. And I said, there has to be an easier an easier way. There have to be a way where people can do this. And it's not so hit and miss. Like there's some websites where you can go and, you know, all you do is you just keep writing over and over again, I want to be or I am or whatever, and hopefully you're going to get your life purpose. Or you know, asking questions or, you know, all these things, but nothing really strategic. And so when I started working with clients, I said, there has to be a better way. And so that's when I started um, really taking my own experience and then researching and writing a book on life purpose and, and then putting it all together. And then for realities of creation, I started exploring about multidimensional life and what it means to live a multidimensional life and my own spiritual experiences and that led me into um, in, into what it means to live and have a multidimensional life purpose, which is what my chapter is about in the book. So yeah, what is know, it I like? To, yeah, I know. We're both just jumping in here like, oh, my gosh. So tell us, what is a multidimensional life? What does that mean? So a multidimensional life, and I think most of the listeners and people who read Realities of Creation – um, are interested in something spiritual and so, or metaphysical. And so for people who are wanting an understanding of that, like a lot of people have experiences that they can't place, they can't understand. And I don't know if it just happens to be the way my mind is organized or being a coach or whatever, but I want to make things easily understandable for people. And so I realized that you know, that we can think about it. We can break it down in a way that doesn't make it so woo-woo for people and that they can actually understand it. So 3D is our daily lives. 
and you know we're all wherever we are sitting down listening to our radios computers however it is we're listening to this show um doing whatever we're doing in our daily lives having the relationships making the money you know everything you see around you is 3D so our purpose in 3D is to fulfill whatever it is which is our higher life purpose but then how do you find what that is so 4D is like spiritual guidance like your dreams intuition um visions that you have all that stuff is your 4D life purpose and then your 5D life purpose is the energy that flows and we're in the middle of a huge spiritual awakening on the planet a huge energetic transit transition on the planet and transmission and so there's all these different sensations feelings energies that are moving around on the planet and those just create a field of consciousness which then informs you through your 4d which then translates down to 3d so those three different sets of things create your multi-dimensional life purpose and so if people can understand that and work with that and work and and understand what they're listening to or hearing or experiencing then they can know how to actually make that be something useful in their daily lives and in, and understanding their life purpose Jean. So I think that that's a great way of looking at it. I think that that is something that most of us haven't even considered, Suzanne. So we're really grateful to you for bringing us a, a different and a, a larger way of looking at why we're here. Thanks. And I think I think the thing that was really cool, Jean, was, you know, until you had the vision for this book. I mean, I had done this in my workbook, but I hadn't – um, kind of condensed it, like what was required for Realities of Creation, our book. And so um, it made me make it even more simple for people. And I think people don't want to be have, you know, life is just living life is complicated enough for people. And so now how can we make this whole process be simpler and easier for people to engage in and figure out? And so that's why in my chapter I actually kind of did it is a snapshot, a snippet from my big life purpose workbook but still effective in our book so if people want to understand about multi-dimensional life purpose it's in your book you don't have to read 200 pages like is in my workbook so i don't know 10 pages in our chapter you know for our chapter mm-hmm. so people can get there quick cool and and what is the the gift that you're offering to our listeners and the readers of the book when they go and get the book so for this book what what i've done is i went and did something an extension of multidimensional living and i did multi, something on multidimensional dreaming where people can understand and take the concept that we've just talked about and actually have that be something that expands into their lives in another area so i did um i did a uh talk about a 60-minute audio that they can pick up, and then there's a worksheet that goes with it that they can use to start working with not only multidimensional life purpose work, but also dreaming. Cool. That is great. So I hope all of you listening will will go and get the Realities of Creation book because you are going to get so many gifts. You're going to get nine different gifts that are going to help you uh, with your life in in the realm of health, wealth, and relationships on the earth plane. So, you know, this this is just phenomenal um, chance 
to not only read a, a, a fabulous book, but also to get these incredible gifts. And what's so interesting about this book, too, Jean, and we didn't really talk about this, uh, is how you went from a telesummit that you were doing, and you took that telesummit for all of you authors who are listening. You took a telesummit and you turned it into a book that a conventional publishing house picked up and published. That is amazing. Well, you know, it's got a lot to do with setting your intention, aligning all of your DNA with where you're wanting to head, making sure that you're aligned with your true purpose, and then having a good agent. That's a big piece of it, too. <laughs> That's true. That is so true. So I've got to tell you that um, in chat, I'm, I'm also in chat, uh, somebody said, um, hold on, let me get get back there, see if I can find exactly what they said. They said, uh, that wolf information was extremely interesting. So, you know, uh, we do have people listening, and they're finding everything that everybody's saying extremely interesting. So, Suzanne, what would you like to leave our listeners with? What's the I last think- I think um, that I'd love to have listeners know that they all have a purpose and it's multidimensional. And so they, they can experience it in their daily lives. They can experience it in their intuition and their, their um, consciousness. And then they can also experience it energetically. And so, you know, that's what it means to live, be fully alive and be fully human. Mm. Great. You know, that, that's, that's a, a great thought to leave everyone with. You know, embrace your multidimensionality because we're much more than just a, a flat person. We have yep. so many different parts to us and levels. So thank you so much for being with us today, Suzanne. Um, Thanks, is there anything else that you wanted to ask, Suzanne, Jean? You know, I think we're good. We're okay. Good. Well, good luck with the book, you guys, and uh, doing the book launch. Thank right, you. Thank you. So for those of you listening in, if you've got any questions and uh, or you can go into chat and you can type them into chat and I will see them or you can call in at uh, 646-929-1546 and Lori will bring you in and uh, we will take your question and get possibly a number of the authors to answer it, just like we did with Russ earlier. So right now we have uh, Maureen St. Germain with us, and Maureen is going to be talking about self-connection. So let me bring Maureen on. Hi, Maureen. Maureen? Uh Uh-oh. Maureen? Well, it's telling she's there. Uh, Maureen, are you on mute? (laughs) So anyhow, uh, you know, let's take this opportunity, uh, Jean, to just kind of, we've gone through more than half of our authors. Uh, We've got one, two, three, four, five, seven of the nine authors done, and their information is is just amazing. Yeah, they are. And and we also uh, want to kind of... um, give an acknowledgement and um, ask all to hold in your prayers. One of our authors, Linda Minnick, is in the hospital. 
um, she was in a lot of pain and um, actually went to the emergency room last night at 3 o'clock in the morning, and they've admitted her. They're not really quite sure what's up with her, if it's pancreatitis or gallbladder mm. or kind of what's going on. So they're doing a lot of tests, and they're going to be keeping her a few days in the hospital to let everybody just kind of see the highest and, and best outcome for Linda, that she recovers really quickly and that um, the pain abates for her very quickly. Is that Linda Minnick? That is Linda Minnick. Oh, so we're, uh, you know, I'm so sorry to hear that. And she was going to be talking about perspectives, but, um, right. you know, uh, you can you can read about her chapter in the book on perspectives. And uh, we're going to send her love and light and energy and and hope that, uh, you know, she she recovers quickly. I'm going to yeah, raking her. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yes, yes. So we're still waiting to get uh, Maureen on. She, we, we've got her actually a little early, so let's just talk about. Uh, oh, great, Maureen! Thank you. So, Maureen, um, you are your chapter in the book is about self connection. Is that correct? Higher self connection. Higher self connection. Okay, explain to us what a what a higher self connection is. Uh, okay, so um, everyone has a higher self and a lower self, and the lower self is the part that's plugged in to your intuition, it's plugged into your feelings, it's plugged into your emotional body and your physical body, and your lower self gives you a good read on what's going on around you, it's what signals you when there's trouble in a room when you walk in, it's what signals you when you meet someone and something's not right, that's all your lower self energy. So it's good energy, good information, but the higher self is the version of you that's fully plugged into God. And the way to think of the higher self is to think of what everyone in the traditional churches teaches as heaven or your heavenly self. And the 5D self or your higher self is the version of you that's fully plugged into God in such a way that it holds all the God energy and also the energy of who you are in the moment. And what that also means is it's like an incredible virtual assistant because it knows what you care about, what your interests are, what your needs are, and in the process allows you to have information about what's going on in your world. So one of the things that I learned early on when I was teaching, I was teaching a specialized form of meditation. And one of the things that we taught our students was that you had to have permission from your higher self before you activated this particular system. And you had to ask every day. You couldn't just, you know, like a driver's license, okay, I've got permission, now I'm good enough to go forward. You checked in every day, and the reason for that was because our energies change every day. You know, you could have had a big fight with somebody, and, you know, that's not a good time to be doing that work. Or maybe you're going to be in a, a situation that's not good, and so you don't want to be magnifying it. So all these reasons made it very important that you always check in before we did this high-frequency work. And at the same time, although they spent all this time teaching the high-frequency work, we never taught people how to connect with their higher self. So in the early years, I felt very strongly that it was paramount to be able to get people to understand what it meant to check then to teach that uh, concept so that people could have a protocol 
and they could follow this protocol and step-by-step know how to connect with your higher self, how to develop the connection so you'd have 100% accuracy. So in the realities of creation, what I did is I put in the step-by-step protocol of how to connect with your higher self and why it's so important and then how to use it. And the step-by-step protocol is a lot of fun and very easy to do. Um, But the most important thing to understand is, you know, a lot of people use the pendulum to help them know the answer to something, or they use kinesiology or muscle testing, you know, various kinds of tools. And all those tools can be influenced by the other person or by someone else in the room. But your higher self-connection, no one can interfere with. So it becomes the most um, readily available tool in your toolbox that allows you to get information, get answers on what you need to know. And the more you work with it, the better you get. And the protocol is very simple. So that's, you know, what the higher self is and what it's all about. Um, Well, that's amazing, Jean. I love the idea that she uses protocol. I know, I know, and and shares it with us um, and gives us some great examples that are, you know, easy to follow. Yeah, you know, a lot of times people ask me about angels and guides, and they uh, say, well, you know, if I have angels and guides, what do I need my higher self for? And the answer (laughs) is all of us are becoming walking, talking, ascended masters. And anybody who's made the decision that they're going to be part of the transition and they want to be part of the ascension of the earth, they've made that decision that they're moving into that version of themselves. So we're all evolving into our higher selves. And what this tool does is gives you a jump start on communication with your higher self because your higher self is going to move into your body and your body is going to become magnified. So what a gift to be able to check in with your higher self and know what you need to know before you need to know it. And the the tools are very powerful. So you spend a practice period of six weeks learning it. And I, you know, I take people through a process and we can talk about that in a a little bit, but I'd first like to tell a story. Um, You know, I have sons and um, there's something about, uh, having a sense of humor that always incur- I always encourage them to make jokes. So uh, one day I was kind of teasing, bragging to one of my sons that a mutual friend that lived in the same city as him was going to be letting me use his Beamer, his BMW, when I was visiting in that town. And I was kind of making it as a joke. Well, you know, Seth is going to let me use his Beamer. And my son, without skipping a beat, even though he doesn't do this work, looked at me and said, ah, mom, he obviously didn't check in before he said yes to that one. <laughs> and we all cracked up, right? Right? It's so cute, right? And so so the, the understanding of knowing that you could check in and know the answer. And, you know, it's it's been amazing. Now, as a parent, I have used it. And used it and used it. Now, I raised my children before everyone had cell phones. So when my kids weren't home, I could use my higher self and check in and say, are they okay? Yes. Are they going to make curfew? No. Should I go to bed? Yes. 
And then they leave a note on their pillow, wake me up when you get home. You know, as a single parent, <laughs> what mother would let herself go to sleep? And yet that's what I did because I needed the rest. I was working full time and it it helped me. And there were times that things were really crazy, you know, and I could check in. Is this thing going to work out? Yes. There have been times when I didn't want to do something and I would check in and my higher self said, you need to do this. And one of the things that I decided early on was that I would check in with my higher self on every decision, not just the important ones. And what that does for you is it creates a rapport. Now, your higher self is not the boss of you, and it's not better than you. Actually, you're the better man or woman because you're stuck in the reality with a veil. Um, the higher self is plugged into God, so it knows the, can, the feeling of being loved by God. We're out in the ones out in the wilderness, you know, scrambling around. So <laughs> even though we call it the higher self, it's not better than you, and it's not your parents. So when you check in with your higher self, you're not actually asking permission. It's more like when you're asking, you know, if you were the CEO of a company and you said, um, "I want to write a check for 15k to the banker. I'm meeting him for lunch." That loan isn't due until next week, but I want to impress him and pay it off early. Can we do that? If your treasurer says yes, they didn't give you permission. They gave you information. And that's mm-hmm. the difference, you see. And so you look at your higher self as a resource that's got data that you don't have. And what happens is once you start to develop this higher self connection and you go through the protocol, after you finish that six-week cycle of practice and you move into important questions, what happens is it's like a one-way door that gets propped open because your higher self is not allowed to communicate with you until you start the communication with the higher self because we're in a free will zone. So once you start to establish that connection and you're always checking in, then when you don't check in, your higher self can come in and tell you something. And I will never forget the time that my then uh, wannabe boyfriend said to me, uh, you know, some (laughs) fabulous plan that he had for us. And I said, I don't know you well enough to do that. And the voice in my head said, aren't you going to check in with your higher self? And I just burst out laughing. And I said, but I always check in, so I'll get back to you. And he's, I've been with him six years. We're married. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. And I would never have gone that direction, not because he's not a good person, but because he lived on the West Coast, and I'm an East Coast girl. And mm-hmm. when I asked my higher self what to do about this thing, I was told, build a bridge. And that's what we have done. So um, your higher self knows stuff that you don't know. And I would have said that the man I am married to was geographically undesirable. As wonderful as he is, you know, he's not the person I want to be with. But I was reminded, you know, I'm on the road a lot, so what difference does that make? <laughs> <laughs> That's an amazing story, isn't it, Jane? I mean, it's an amazing story of connecting in with higher self when it comes to relationships, which, you know, I think we've discussed where I had a dream about my husband when I was nine. So I just knew I had to wait to actually see him to to get married, even though I was engaged, you know, at least once officially and a couple of other times unofficially, I waited to see him because my higher power had something in mind for me. And it sounds like the same thing happened with Maureen. 
Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting because, like Maureen said, our higher self is our connection to the divine mind, which is that repository of all the information that there is. So when you check in, you have the ability to access way more. It's like accessing the Encyclopedia Britannica, you know, of, mm-hmm. of all the information, you know, and that's probably, there are probably people listening to this show today that have no clue what I'm talking about there um, because everybody <laughs> just goes to Google now. <laughs> well, um, you know, it's interesting that you put it that way. Um, there's actually levels of knowledge that becomes available to us. And so at at the higher self level where we are fully plugged into God, that higher self connection carries with it the potential for that information, but our ability to receive it is what limits us. You know, I will tell you, when I was teaching in Asia recently, and my translator has uh, a daughter, and I mentioned that one of my sons uh, cut school all the time, she couldn't translate it, and Mm. she stumbled. And I looked at her and I laughed and I said, you think so highly of Maureen St. Germain that you cannot imagine that one of my sons would cut school. And she started to laugh and said, yes, you know, my daughter's never cut school. <laughs> and I, I just laughed and I said, our ability to perceive something limits what we can receive. So oh, yeah. part of the work with the higher self is learning to receive in a neutral way. And that's why I I insist on a practice period. So no matter who you are, no matter where you're at on that continuum of connection with your divine self, if you will take yourself through a practice period of asking only yes-no questions, asking only about stuff you don't care about, asking only the questions that you're willing to follow through on, like the bonbons you're staring at that, that are telling you, Eat me, eat me. <laughs> Willingness to look at that in a practice way and say, I really don't care one way or the other. What my higher self says, I'm willing to do it. What happens is you train your mind to hear or feel or sense your higher self yes or no signal. And that signal becomes clear to you. And it's different for everybody. Many people see a flat line for neutral and they have, you know, a a line straight up for yes and a cross line for no. Some people actually show a thumbs up for yes and a thumbs down for no. But once you learn what your visual is and you go through a meditation where you actually ask the question, you know, what is your signal and you're asking your higher self to give me a signal and there's even a little protocol that i give people in case you don't get anything now a lot of times people say well i didn't get anything and then they hear everybody else say well you know i got this purple color for yes and i got this you know dark blue for no and black for green and the the other person's listening say well i did see some colors and you have to laugh at them because what happens is they're dismissing the signal because it wasn't what they were expecting or it wasn't as, I'll use the word loud, as they were expecting. Even, you know, the color might not be as loud in their awareness as, you know, something that they were thinking. And I will never forget the time that I taught a big group of people this this tool. And one woman said, 
you know, when I asked for my signal for yes, I got my ear itching. And I didn't like that. I'm going, what's going on with my ear, you know? <laughs> Uh, you know, stop that. And then my toe started to itch. And I, I said again to my body, stop that. I'm waiting for my higher self signal. And then my whole body itched. And then I said, okay, I get it. I'll take the itchy ear. And then yeah, another lady. That's <laughs> like right back to that old thing about how against the rules it is for us to be attached to an outcome. Because right. when we're attached to an outcome, you know, we more often than not will actually miss the gift that's sitting right in front of our nose. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the practice period teaches you to recognize this when there's no uh, pressure to make it work. So there's no pressure to, well, you know, when you're sitting at a restaurant and you're looking at a couple of things that look good to you, there's no pressure to get one meal over another. So you ask your higher self, higher self, should I get this meal? No. Higher self, should I get this meal? No. Higher self, should I get this meal? Yes. And Again, you, since you have no attachment to what you're going to eat that night, you do the meal that your higher self picks. And very often it's the best meal, you know, of the group of people that are ordering. Or if you're sitting at home and you're looking in your refrigerator and you're deciding what to fix for dinner, your higher self will help you choose. And then the doorbell rings and it just so happens to be somebody that you weren't expecting and the meal you picked was their favorite meal. Things like that will start to happen. And your higher self will be showing you how powerful it is to ask even about little things and things that you don't care about. Now, there's a, there's a reason why I insist that you have a practice period of asking about things you don't care about and that you don't ask about stuff you do care about. For six weeks, you set all that aside. And you also don't use your other divination tools like your pendulum or muscle testing or anything to double-check it. And the reason is because your higher self will give you answers that you're not expecting. It will give you information that you wouldn't have chosen. And then you follow it and you discover some hidden benefit. And at the end of that six weeks, you've created enough new DNA that your body is able to recognize the signal, even if you do have an interest in the outcome. And the second thing that happens is your ego is also sitting back as the observer, not caring whether you eat green beans or broccoli tonight. And it notices all the opportunities, all the cool things, all the happy coincidences that are now occurring because of you asking your higher self. And the end result is it's like knowing someone who's gone to the races a bunch of times and has won and now they say to you, you want to come? And of course you're going to come. And what are you going to bet? The same thing they bet. And so the higher self and the ego now are on the same page. And I joke around and say they can get married and live happily ever after because your ego becomes one will, God's will, because you're able to plug in to the decision that's in your highest and best good. And it isn't always the decision you'd make with your personality. So... You know, there, there's a great story, I think, in the book about an engineer who said, you know, it's not working. And I said, well, what are you doing? And he said, well, you know, I'm waiting to see, um, I'm asking my higher self if the light will change on my way to, the, um, um, to get home. And I said, well, you're, you care about the outcome. And he said, no, actually, I don't care when I get home. And I said, yeah, but you're checking 
to see if your higher self was right. And he said, well, how else will I know if my higher self is making progress? And I said, the whole point of this exercise is to not care. This is practice. This is taking a bucket of balls to the driving range and, you know, hitting them with a golf club and not caring about all the balls that don't go where you don't want them. It's taking a bucket of basketballs and standing at the foul line, shooting hoops until they go where you want. You're not counting balls. You're not paying any attention to anything that happens. And you only allow yourself to notice what worked. And if you start to keep track, that means you care. If you care, you're breaking the rules. You're not allowed to care about the outcome. It gets quite comical and quite interesting. But that, that six weeks period of practice gives you the confidence and the certainty that your higher self has got the goods even when you don't think you know, even when you do think you know, your higher self has got the goods and has got the answer that you're going to be happiest with at the end of the day. Very, very powerful now in, in chat, somebody wrote, yes, but your higher self doesn't have to eat it. I'm not sure what that means. But, well, broccoli um, or green beans. And the answer is, you know, you have to be willing to not care. So if you absolutely hate broccoli and you're, you know, your husband bought the broccoli because he likes it and uh-huh. you don't want to have it tonight, then that's not one of the choices you ask because you're not willing to do that. You know, you have to be willing to eat it, like she says, and that's one of the things. You only ask questions that you're willing to. So, for example, I love chocolate chip cookies. I rarely ask my higher self about a chocolate chip cookie. If I want one, I'm going to eat it. And that's what I tell people. If you want to smoke a cigarette, don't be asking your higher self. Go have your cigarette. Only ask about things you don't care about. So when you're getting, you know, guys don't really care about clothing nearly as much as women do. So when they're standing in their closet getting dressed, maybe they don't care whether they put on a blue shirt or a red shirt. They get told, put on the red shirt, and then that's the day they spill ketchup on themselves. You know, one time a woman <laughs> came to class and she had a very interesting combination of jewelry and clothing. And you know how sometimes a woman walks into the room and the other women kind of look at them and kind of look them mm-hmm. over. And it's not, it's not critical. It's just kind of a, you know, taking it in. And the woman walking in noticed the other lady observing her. And she, she looked at her and she pointed a finger and she said, don't ask. My higher self dressed me this morning. <laughs> So you have to be willing to play. You have to be totally willing to play. So, Gina, I don't think I've ever had my higher self dress me in too weird a fashion, but I have to say that when I was in kindergarten one day, I woke up and I decided that I was going to wear different sock on each foot and a different shoe on each foot and I, I refused to take them off I don't know why but my mom pinned a note to my shirt that said dear so and so I did not dress cat this morning so, <laughs> I had to wear that at school all day my mother was totally freaked out but I, I don't know there must have been some reason that my higher self came in and said try a different shoe and a different sock today and see what happens and you know I kind of liked it and that might have been the beginning of my totally being different who knows um, I well, like so it I love that makes that makes me completely understand how my daughter dressed herself when she was in primary school um, to the point that I ended up having to hide 
all of the clothes I didn't want her to wear. Because <laughs> if I didn't, she went into, you know, and I left her alone to pick out her clothes, she would come out in a ballerina tutu in the middle of winter. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so I guess she was listening to her higher self and checking in every morning. Well, you know, this is very funny because I always let my kids dress themselves and I also made them do their own laundry from like age 10. And they would bring up this clean laundry in a laundry basket and stick it in their room and never fold the stuff. You know, and they're mm-hmm. wearing these horribly wrinkled shirts. And I can remember cringing when they would go to school because I felt the same way your mom did. You know, I, I don't want anyone to know I dress them, but I kept my mouth shut. And I kept thinking, you know, one of these days peer pressure is going to kick in and these boys are going to decide to fold their clothes so that when they're ready to put them on, they look decent. Well, I was surprised because one day they came home with a product from the grocery store that you spray on your clothes and smooth them out, and the wrinkles are gone. And I thought that Mm -hmm. was so funny because I had one set of expectations, but I gave them space, and they came up with a whole different solution. So we have to do that with ourselves as well. You know, we have to give ourselves space Mm -hmm. to not know the answer, to be okay with not knowing how to solve things. And, um, Kat, I'm still wearing socks that don't match. <laughs> you know, I just had such a great time. And that day I kept looking at my, at my socks and my feet under the desk and going, wow, that is really cool. I'm just really loving this. <laughs> but I had to wear this, this uh, note pinned to my shirt that, from my mother telling everybody she didn't dress me. <laughs> you know, the, yeah, so, you yeah. know it, was, it was a bit of a sacrifice, but it was worth it. Worth it. So, Maureen, um, it's been great, great having you on the show today. Tell us uh, what it is you have as a gift for anybody well, buying the you, realities of creation book <laughs> i have huh? to ask you to look because i have been gone overseas and i don't remember what we set up can we look on this together and <laughs> for those of you listening maureen has rejoined us from china wasn't it maureen you were in china yeah. 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 So, um, and we were doing all of this, you know, by email and everything else. And I am going to be interviewing Maureen on uh, my uh, Cat Cannabis show on the New Earth International at the end of the month. It's every Monday, live at 5 Pacific time. You can actually go on to my The Cat Cannabis show on Facebook and watch it live from there, from my website, which I click on there. And you get to see all of these authors. You'll get to see Maureen, and and you'll get to see Jean, and you'll get to see the other authors that I've already interviewed when they're talking about their chapters. And it's wonderful to just see their faces light up and, and the excitement that's in their eyes when they talk about what they've written for you. And so I want to thank again all of our listeners today who are helping to take this book to the number one Amazon bestseller. And uh, we, we've actually got somebody on the line right now who has a question about her higher self. Um, who was the higher? Before you take that call, Kat, I mm-hmm. hate to do this, ladies and listeners, but this is Jean, and I'm going to have to hop off the call now. But thank you all so much. And many blessings, and don't forget to send me the link to your review so I can give you another gift. Well, do yes. that. And I do have quite a few gifts for people when they um, buy it. And I um, can tell you that there's 
there's a couple of free meditations. One of them, I think, is a free meditation on soul retrieval, and it's actually a series of meditations that will take you through soul retrieval by yourself, for yourself. And there's also then a special uh, channeled message from Mary Magdalene for uh, mm. the listeners as well. Um, so, Great. Uh, yeah, wonderful gift. That's a wonderful gift. Yeah. 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 So, Maureen, stay on the line with us while we bring um, it's Roxanne Pappas who is coming on. And in chat, uh, they were all giggling about me wearing different socks and different shoes uh, to school. They thought that was pretty, pretty funny. So, let's bring uh, Roxanne Pappas on. Hold on. Hello, is this Roxanne Pappas? It certainly is. Hi, Kat. How are you? I'm doing great, Roxanne. So you have a question for us about uh, um, uh, it went off the screen here. Was it light? Was it purpose or? Uh, no, it was. I'm, I'm trying to higher connect self. with my. I'm trying to connect with my higher power, and I'm really having difficulty doing that. Are there any tricks of the trade, if you will, or some easy ways that I can do that? Yes, and that's exactly what this chapter is about. It's an actual step-by-step, easy, easy way. You go into meditation and you ask your higher self to show you a signal or symbol for yes. And that signal or symbol could be you hearing the word yes. It could be you seeing a color. It could be you hearing a sound. It could be, um, you know, a little sound in your ear. It could be anything. And whatever happens when you ask, can I have a signal or symbol for yes, you accept that. And, And you stay with that for a few seconds. And then you thank your higher self, and you do the same thing again. Higher self, give me a symbol or signal for no. And you go through that process. Again, asking and letting it come up. And then you do the same thing for neutral. Because neutral could be a lot of different choices. And then for six weeks, after you get those symbols or signals, you journal that information so you don't forget it. And then for six weeks, you ask 30 or 40 times a day, unimportant, insignificant questions. Should I take this route to get to the grocery store or this route? Should I buy this food, this this particular brand of yogurt, or the next one? Anything that you absolutely don't care about. If you don't like broccoli, don't be asking about broccoli. And you ask about stuff you don't care about. You ask about stuff that you are willing to follow through on. You ask only yes-no questions. You put aside all your other divination tools, your cards, your pendulum, your muscle testing, all of it, for six weeks. And you pick a date in the future so that you know when your six weeks is up. So if you were starting today, your six weeks would be around June 15th, June June 26th. And the idea is that during that six weeks, it's all about play. And you know from now until when this cycle ends, It's all about being playful. It's about not caring and not keeping score. And what will happen is your higher self will give you plenty of experiences that will validate that it is your higher self and that you are getting good information. And then once you get past the six weeks period, what happens is then when you get a hit, an intuitive hit that you think is important is this my higher self telling me to stop at the grocery store on the way home from work yes you have your tool to validate that it is your higher self 
there will be times that you'll ask the higher self, is this my higher self telling me? And you get no answer. And, of course, my joke is if you don't get an answer, it's not your higher self because you're only your higher self is allowed to answer that question, yes. And so the first step is, you know, taking a quiet meditation. And, you know, I have plenty of meditations on my um, website. I even actually have a guided meditation for that purpose. But you can do it on your own simply by sitting quietly and not having any background music and saying very clearly, I want to build my connection with my higher self. I'm asking my higher self to come in closer. Allow yourself to think of something you really love, like a pet or an infant, and hold that in your heart. And then say, higher self, show me my symbol or signal for yes. And go through that process. And then once you do it, then do a meditation after that, you know, the next day or the day after, where you tell your higher self, I am willing to do a practice for six weeks. I'm asking my higher self to help me in every way possible. I'm asking my higher self to remind me to ask 30 or 40 times. You know, and if you're a control freak and you always wear the same jewelry with the same dress, it's tougher for people like that because they can't easily let go of an outcome, or, you know, the freedom to choose. And so then you have to make a list. Okay, I am willing to ask about my clothes or I am willing to ask about breakfast or I am willing to ask about my the route I'm going to take to go from one place to another. And allow yourself then to ask about unimportant questions, even something as simple as I'm thinking about um, calling my sister. Is now a good time? No. Hire self. Is it a good time after dinner? No. Is it a good time uh, after 9 o'clock? Neutral. Well, that neutral could mean anything, and there's lots of explanations for that, but we're not, we don't want to have time for that right now. But your higher self will give you good information. I had a client once who told me that she had a brother overseas, and she kept wanting to call him, and every night she checked in. Every night she got no. Finally she got yes after like four or five nights. And it turns out he was busy in a workshop or something every single time that she would have tried. And, you know, if you try two or three times, you kind of give up. But if you knew your higher self will tell you when – yes or no, you could call and know, okay, this is cool. And, of course, the brother was equally delighted because he said, you know, if you'd have called sooner, I wouldn't have been here. I'm so happy you called tonight. <laughs> so, Roxanne, let me ask you, is there um, a health issue or anything that that you think that you would need, you, you could focus on your higher self with to maybe give you an answer? Is there, you know, surgery or or cold or illness or anything? Well, actually, yes. Um, well, first, let me let me mention that I have difficulty going into a meditative state because my mind keeps wandering. Mm. But um, yeah, I'm actually scheduled to go in for hip surgery on my right side in six weeks or so. And what I've been experiencing is some pain in my left leg, and I need my left leg to be able to support my right when I'm having surgery. <laughs> So I guess it's uh, wanting to know why I'm having this or what it is and how I can take care of it. The pain is in your left leg? Yes. And is it like a toothache that comes from the inside out? Um, well, I'm also going to a chiropractor who seems to be doing some things. No, it's, most of it is at night is a throbbing and pins and needles, actually in both legs. But I'm being told that I'm going to have to have hip surgery on the left as well. But I need it to be strong for 
the one that's coming up. Hmm. Well, the left side is, yeah, the left side is the female side. So um, do you live with anybody? Do you have anybody that's going to be helping you? Yes, my husband. Okay, and do you do you uh, wonder if he's up for the challenge? No, no, I don't have any doubts with that. Okay, well then, then um, it sounds to me like the pins and needles are related to your own self-reliance in terms of how you take care of yourself and how you provide for yourself. And it feels like it's an issue of I am worthy to be waited on for a change. I am worthy to be well taken care of. And you might try looking into um, tapping or EF&H and go through some of that work before your surgery and see if that doesn't give you um, some relief uh, with the the pins and needles at night, because the pins and needles, in my mind, are coming up because there's, you know, I mean, if you have you always, you know, what do you do for your family? Are you the cook or the cleaner or any of that? Well, except for lately when the the pain has been has just been consuming me. Um, it's it's just my husband and me, and um, I do I'm basically like the caretaker. He's had some health issues. Uh, my daughter has a disability, so I'm up until fairly recently I was her um, her caretaker. Um, and I'm and when you talk about self reliant, yes, that I rely on myself. Even though there are others that could probably do it, I do things myself mm-hmm. because I, that's so, the way I've always done it. Right, and and this is this is useful because once you identify it, then you have the ability to say, you know what. It's okay if others help me. I've been the helper for all the other people in my life, and and now that I'm going to need help, it's okay. It's totally okay, and no one minds that I'm the one that needs help. And but you, that's, but you know, yeah. it's it's interesting is that I do say that to myself, but is it just a theoretical thought, and uh, I don't really believe it? Yes, well, this is why tapping is so enormously useful Um, because even when you don't think you have an issue around something or you know you have the mental construct, you know what it is, and you're able to, you know, say those things, when you do tapping, it opens up the meridians and allows you to accept the fact that you're not perfect, accept the fact that you can't do everything, especially if you're going to have hip surgery, and to accept the fact that you're not you know, superwoman, like you've been performing for your family and mm-hmm. to love yourself anyway. And, you know, I have to tell you, there was a funny incident with my husband where he abandoned the camera. My cameraman didn't show up and he, you know, pinch hit for me and I gave him instruction, but he walked away from the camera. And I was, I did not know I had any abandonment issues until that moment. And when he walked away from the camera and just left it without somebody watching it, you know, I I just it was it was a crazy feeling, and I was so upset that I didn't even talk to him about it because I didn't want to get into an argument or hurt his feelings. And I came home and I did tapping on that issue, and I did it for an hour. Then when I saw the tape, and I realized that he walked 
in front of the camera behind me, instead of being mad that I couldn't use the production that we had created, all I could mm-hmm. do was laugh because it was hilarious to see a, a man walk by, a headless body, walk by and walk back. <laughs> and, and, and that's what tapping will do for you. You can go from being in a place of not even knowing there's an issue, or in your case, it's a tenderness. It's not a big issue. You know, you're capable, you're competent, but it's enough of an issue that there's a little wedge there, and that little wedge can grow bigger unless you do something about it. And now is the time Mm -hmm. to do something about it before you are dependent, because once you're dependent, once you go into this surgery, you're going to be so worried that you've made work for other people that you won't be able to heal as fast. Whereas if you've done the tapping, you will recognize that everybody has good times and bad times. Everybody needs help sometimes. And that you're just as deserving as your daughter and your husband of help. And that it's okay. And that will allow you to have all your resources devoted to getting better. And you're going to get better so much faster because you've balanced out this little weak spot in your consciousness. Well, you, you've, you've struck a chord here because um, my husband, for mostly because it's just two of us now, doesn't have a problem asking me, will you bring me a cup of coffee or whatever? Will you bring me this? Will you do that? I have a problem doing that. And so is this... Asking him to is, do it? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, or asking anybody else to do it. So go yeah. out online or go to somebody you know that does this work. Tell them what your issue is. They will have a conversation with you. And they will come up with a few key phrases. It is worth spending a little bit of extra money, you know, 50 or 100 or $150 to have someone walk you through it and coach you into the phrases you need to do and the tapping you need to do. One session will work wonders for you and okay. make it so much easier for you to be comfortable being a queen. You deserve it. <laughs> I like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> right. You know, and and the other thing is your your legs are your support structure structure or your support system. And the fact that you've got pins and needles and not that dull ache, you know, that Maureen was asking about, um, you know, sends up a red flag for me. Suddenly I got the goosebumps, which is my which is my sign. I don't see sign, I don't see color so much or hear stuff. I'll get goosebumps. And I'm wondering, have you had a second opinion? About your surgery? Um, no, I was going to, but I feel very comfortable um, with this particular surgeon. I know I've had it. I've, I've had x-rays on bone on bone. So there's, mm-hmm. there's no doubt about it, and I'm very comfortable with the surgeon. Okay, um, because usually pins and needles is nerve, not bone. Bone is ache. Pins and needles right. down the leg and in the feet are nerves. So maybe, I don't know, maybe the bone is, is pushing on the nerves, but... Uh, thank you so much for calling in, Roxanne. Um, and we are coming to we're coming up to uh, the last segment of our realities of creation uh, book launch. And so I wanted to see if I could bring Teresa in to uh, find out what's going on and how things are going. Um, Maureen, thank you so much for calling in. And because we actually had uh, someone in the hospital who wasn't able to come in, Linda Minnick, 
to do her section, we were able to uh, go a little bit longer with you. So it worked out perfectly. I mean, it couldn't have been better. So thank you so much for being um, here with us today to help launch the realities of creation. And I hope that everybody listening will tune in to uh, New Earth International when I actually have Maureen on my show, and you'll get to see her while she's talking about all this. And I want to thank everyone who's listening, and especially all my co-authors, because one of the things that the new era is creating is an egalitarian society where women help each other, they trust each other, they share with each other, and they don't have to fight with each other. And how Mm -hmm. awesome is that? Thank you, all of you. Mm -hmm. It's so true, Maureen. You know, we we collaborate. We don't compete, and that's what makes us so special in the workforce. So thank you so much for being with us, and let's check in with – let's see if we can get Teresa to check in because I I just really want to know what's going on. Teresa, are you there? (laughs) I'm here. Yes, I am, and I've been typing away and posting on the event page and on your page, Kat, and on my page. Yeah, I see that on my cell phone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> getting lots of information out there. I am. Um, I would love to tell you that we have um, an update, but Amazon has not changed their numbers just yet. I just checked in, but we are definitely, I'm sure, climbing the charts. We were at uh, number nine on the hot new uh, releases list um, earlier, and we, you know, we are looking to move this to number one bestseller. Um, you know, the, author, the, uh, the public is aware of the fact that each one of these authors, I've been listening to the conversation, and I have to tell you, you have got an incredible spread of um, highly enlightened people coming to the table with this book, and uh, the gifts that you're offering are priceless, I have to say, because they can help so many people in so many different ways. I love the conversation with the last caller about her surgery. Um, I am, and, and Russ as well. So uh, it, was, it was really good to hear some people calling in and really getting an opportunity to, for lack of a better phrase, pick the brains of the authors. <laughs> um, it was really awesome. It's really been awesome. So, um, you know, we're, we're looking forward to this thing rising. Um, I've, I've, uh, my experience is that, um, you know, once people are really looking at what's going on on social media and really ha- listen to what the authors have been saying and, and realize the quality that is involved in this, you know, that is inside the co- covers of this book, the numbers are going to soar. So I would say let's look for this thing to go really high a little bit later in the day. Amazon um, has has a schedule. I don't know what their schedule is because sometimes it's every two hours, sometimes it's every three hours, sometimes it's every hour that they repost. But but the numbers have stayed the same during this whole time. I've been watching them. Um, but I will post the um, the at number nine and the uh, uh, hot new releases that we took a picture of on the screen. Um, in the um, event page for everybody to look at. And I'm excited for what's happening with this book. How about you, Kat? Well, you know, it's been great being on this telesummit with all these awesome authors. And I just wanted to read a little bit of what is on the book jacket. And this was written by Dee Wallace, who is an actor, author, and a healer. And Dee said, 
The Realities of Creation offers fresh and differing insights into the creative process. It opens up a world of all possibilities and addresses all perspectives. If you don't get it in one chapter, you'll get it in another, which is Mm -hmm. just so true. And then we've also got... um, we, we've got Kelly Sullivan Walden, who is Dr. Dream, and she's the author of It's All in Your Dreams, and I Had the Strangest Dream. And she also just did uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul. She co-authored on that book, and I'm actually an author in that book. And she says the wisdom of the authors in the realities creation act as ancient yet contemporary temple goddesses here to shepherd humanity into a higher yet more grounded way to live the dream of heaven on earth. So, you know, this book is, yeah, this book is the realities of creation, and it's about moving beyond the limitations of our beliefs, which is so true. You know, we, we, we limit ourselves by, by our beliefs. And, and um, I want to thank all the people who are in chat. We have guest uh, 862 who's uh, just logged, logged into chat and all the questions that have come into chat because uh, your questions have been just absolutely fabulous. It's made this telesummit uh, so much better because, it, you know, we as the authors know what we wrote, but when your questions come in and they, um, they stimulate even more from us, it creates uh, a, a power that is bigger than the sum of its little individual chapters. And that's what we've been having going on here. So, Teresa, is there anything else that you wanted to tell us? Because I want to bring Maureen back on and actually Lori, who's our producer in the background, uh, have everybody come on for the last seven minutes just to say goodbye to everybody and then, um, you know, thank everybody again for being a part of this Telesummit. Well, I just want to say that get your copy of this book. Um, $5.99 for the Kindle copy is just amazing. And all of the gifts that the authors are giving, that is just, that is just for this launch. So go ahead and um, get your copy now. The links for, for the Amazon book, um, you know, the Amazon page are all over the place. They're in this, uh, they're in this reality creation events. They're on Catch Sanibos's. They're on my website. So go ahead and click on that link. Get your copy. You will be glad. You will be extremely happy that you did. So uh, let's bring Lori Boyle on, our producer who's been working behind the lines here, bringing, uh, chatting to me and telling me which guests uh, which authors are on uh, so that I could bring them on to the telesummit. Lori, thank you so much for all of your help on this telesummit. Oh, you're very welcome. And I really look forward to reading the book. And uh, it's been so nice to listen to all these authors tell about their chapter. It'll be even more meaningful when I do read it. So it was great. Thanks for asking me. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, Lori Boyle is the other Wicked Housewife of on, I'm sorry, Wicked Housewife on Cape Cod. We have a TV show on Cape Cod that uh, interviews ordinary people with extraordinary stories, and we also have a cooking show. So Lori and I are actually uh, doing cooking, and we share those videos or, or those tapes 
to a, uh, a magazine that we're both authors or columnists in, and that's uh, Women's Voices Magazine. So uh, if you go to Women's Voices Magazine, Lori has a column in there on business, and I have a column on home, which is cooking, and also soul, which deals with the dreams. So Maureen, welcome back. Um, is there any last thoughts you'd like to share with our audience? We're down to our last five minutes. Yes, actually, I always like to tell people as, as, as a close that whenever you don't know what to do and you only have a few minutes and you want to do something that will change your reality, ask for a day of heaven on earth for yourself and everyone you come in contact with. And it changes the energy of everything. And you'll get really phenomenal outcomes, wonderful opportunities, magical coincidences just by saying, I'm asking for a day of heaven on earth for me and everyone I meet. And it's, it's amazing. So I encourage you to do that. It's a wonderful, wonderful tool. You can do that on your way to work or on your, you know, in the morning when you're getting dressed. Just a very powerful, powerful tool. And it really helps you with all your other um, interactions with people, with your jobs, and everything. So I'd like oh, to what share a, that. What great, great advice to share. So, um, you know, Maureen, you're probably going to be pulling the information from the Realities of Creation Facebook page onto your Facebook page. So where can people go to, uh, to see your Facebook page? Um, look for Maureen St. Germain, Practical Mystic. And you will find it. And I actually just did that. Thank you for the uh, little tickle. It's um, always helpful. And I, I actually told everyone, you know, you're really, if you haven't checked this out, you should because there are so many wonderful free gifts and wonderful uh, opportunities. And to have a book such as this, it's like a companion book. You leave in your car and you grab it when you know you're going to wait in line somewhere, you know, or you mm-hmm. keep it in the bathroom, somewhere where you can really dig in. And then when you find something that really wants to stick, for you, you then take it and really dig in and make it special for you. So, Absolutely. Um, and so in the back of the book, it says, because we are multidimensional beings, we have the ability to create in several, if not many, different realities. We aren't just limited to the physical world anymore. Truly, we <laughs> never were. But... We just weren't able to expand our minds to be able to see that. We had no frame of reference. The past is gone, taking with it all thoughts of playing small. We have found that magic lamp, and we aren't limited to just three wishes. We can have as much or as little as we can handle. This box is a toolbox filled to the brim with ideas to help us get outside the box of our preconceived notions and limiting beliefs. The reader can take a little from each of the contributors and play in their reality as you craft your own methods of conscious creation that work for you fast, with consistency, ease, and grace. This book came about as a co-creation between the speakers on the popular realities of creation telesummit. Each speaker contributed a chapter on their area of expertise, topics that they have been writing about and teaching for a while. If any particular author resonates more with you, you can always find more information on that topic from their websites 
Our reality is changing, and this book proves new information. This book provides new information to assist you in your own path of conscious creation. So this book, you know, Maureen, this book is small enough to fit in your purse. And so, like you said, you can take it out any time you feel like you're, you're wasting your time. Pull your little book <laughs> out of your purse. Tap yourself on the forehead and say, I will learn one thing from this book today and read something. Just, you know, give it to your higher power. As Maureen said, just open the book to any page and read a couple of, of paragraphs and see if it doesn't make a difference in your life. We're down to our last 30 seconds. So, Maureen, thank you for kind of stepping in automatically here and taking Jean's place because she had to leave. Um, And I want to thank everybody else for listening, for Teresa for doing her job, and Lori for being the best possible producer in the background. And uh, we have 30 seconds till we uh, go off. So, Maureen, do you just want to say goodbye to everybody? And then I am going to play the outro. I so appreciate each and every one of you who are taking time to listen to this show, see it all the way to the end. You will grow and change just by listening. Take a leap for yourself. We've got your back. Thank you again to everybody in chat that's still hanging in there. Guest uh, 862, yes, I've been reading all the things that you've been putting in there. And uh, uh, some of our guests, uh, some of our listeners who ask questions are still hanging on. Roxanne, Roxanne is still there, so thank you, Roxanne. And tune in next Wednesday for the next Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod radio show, the Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis Show. I have them every Wednesday, and I always have incredible authors. Thank you for tuning in to the Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis Show. If you would like to comment or have an idea for the show or have a question for Kat or one of her guests, please visit her on Facebook at Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. This show and previous shows are archived on Blog Talk Radio, accessible from survivingcancerland.com and accessyourinnerguide.com. Join us again next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Until then, have a great week. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.